Hi everyone, welcome back to Dads of Daughters. I'm your host, Dave Hale. Boys are smarter than girls. Girls are princesses or fairies with long braided hair. Boys are brave and adventurous. Um, they're the heroes. Um, and I mean, these are the these are the stereotypes that our kids are being faced with every day through so many different cultural inputs and influences. Um, it's so hard to to challenge that, to untangle it. Um, you know, these are serious challenges that we face every day as parents. Um, unfortunately, today we've got a very uninformed conversation for myself and my really good friend Tom. Um, we're going through the best and worst films that we've come across um, for young girls in particular. Um, I've I wouldn't say it's a deep dive into feminism and masculinity um, and the, the intellectual challenges, um, but this is just our experience and it would be so good to, to hear your thoughts on, on the best films you've come across for young girls, um, but it is such a big issue. Um, this is going to be the first in a series of, of episodes looking at cultural influences, um, but for now, I hope you enjoy it. It's a fun chat. It's a light-hearted chat. Um, but please do leave your comments on Instagram. Um, but for now, enjoy. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Hey, the Dave. Podcast. Absolutely no problems, mate. Looking forward to it. Um, I guess we're playing uh, slightly unusual roles as film critics today. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, I think it's I think it's really important to talk about these things, and I think popular culture and and film and television it plays a really big role in in shaping you know identities and traits and and how people mm. relate to one another. Um, Absolutely, this body image. There's a whole raft of things. Um, yeah, and I'd, sorry, I should give some context as well. You're a dad to two daughters. Yes, yes, I am. Yep, uh, five and two. Five and two. And mm. how has the film journey been going? <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's interesting in the lead up to this discussion, I sort of realised how much I, I, you know, my experience as a child watching movies and I really enjoyed them and loved them. And then I get so excited about wanting to share them with, with the children. Mm. And sometimes I'm the one in relationship with my wife who's sort of going, well, let's just see, let's see if they like it. Cause they're so excited to do it. But I'm not actually that critical of movies. Like uh, yeah. the way I look at it through as an adult is I'm looking, I love watching bad movies and making fun of them and all of that. But uh, this sort of sitting down and thinking about this here, it made me realize that I, I I, I, my excitement to put those movies on and go through them just sort of blinds me a little bit to a lot of the different things, as you say, that are wrapped up in the movies and what's actually coming through with them. Yeah, it, it is interesting when you think about it. Um, and I guess that means hopefully you've got a lot for our badness. <laughs> actually, in, in the course of my research, I wanted to read you something. Yeah. Um, there was an article on The Federalist, of all things, which I... <laughs> I vortex and click through to. Um, obviously, a male writer. I don't want to call him a, a journalist. Um, he said, stupid or weak as Snow White, Ariel, or Cinderella are, 
at least they are relatable and their stories are interesting. Their patient suffering and ultimate redemption give hope to seeing these women become princesses. And after dealing with evil witches and marrying handsome princes, it's really gratifying. So... Where was that written? I think that was a couple of years ago. So not so everyone... We're in this century. <laughs> we're definitely in this century. But not, not everyone's on the same page. And there is pushback to, to the notion that, um, that traditional gender roles and I guess some, um, some backward betrayals of, of women and girls in movies mm. isn't a bad thing. But I think there's a lot of research out there that says otherwise. And I think oh, people can probably relate just in, in seeing it you know, really directly when kids do watch things. They, it's, it's really obvious what, what lands. Yeah, it is. And I guess for me, I, I mean, I've always had an interesting experience in this and that. Certainly my upbringing in the household, I sort of find myself, I do have a foot in both camps in that I was very much ah, brought up in a way which sort of, it's natural to me and honestly in a way to sort of go like, I see the people who go, look, oh, they're just, they're movies and I love them. And why does everything have to be bad? Why, why can't mm. we just have kids movies and those things? But I mean, you're just being lazy in saying that, with that attitude that you don't want to provide context. You don't want to sit down and just, you can absolutely watch these films. You can absolutely enjoy them. But if you're not willing to put in the time to contextualize things, then that's where I just, that's the big issue for me here. And I, I find so many people get that level of frustration, which is just like, it's just a kid's movie. They're going to watch it. It didn't ruin it for me. And, and you see that, see that a lot still. And I get, and that's, I always find that just I mean it's obviously everywhere that attitude of like we just can't have fun PC police all that kind of thing yeah and um and, and I think movies you're absolutely right are a really really good example of that because um it's so engrossing and uh you only have to look at like the Star Wars fandom now like I, I grew up loving Star Wars and watching it but you look at that fan base now and like these are people who so transported back to being children just by the mere mention of Star Wars, but it's just yeah. become huge to them. It's like a huge part of their identity. And I just think like as children, if I, you know, if I, I would never have imagined as a kid that like this thing that I was watching was going to come up to be some huge part of my identity. And for some people it really matters. Other people it doesn't, but it, yeah. it's, yeah, I guess my point there is like the power of movies is real and it's, yeah. it makes a big impact. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's a good point though about the context and we I don't want this to be like a PC police thing either but mm. I think watch these movies and and have the conversations with your kids and mm. you know you can laugh at how the roles have changed and how ridiculous certain things are um, but it's just about having that consciousness and that awareness and um, yeah that that level yeah. of engagement with your kids. So anyway, I think that's enough filler for us. Let, <laughs> let's what what we're going to do. We're going to run through our five worst mm-hmm. films that we've come across um, in terms of their portrayal of women and girls mm-hmm. and the effect it might have on young girls, and the five best films we've come across. And I should caveat this by saying our oldest is only three so i'm quite early in my exploration of of films um so the base isn't isn't extensive that i'm sampling from um so apologies if people get offended by this but the sample the sample's small but anyway 
do you, do you want to kick off our worst list, being well, the guest? I'm very happy to. And, and I'm going to start with one that, that breaks my heart because I can't find a way that, I don't know, that to my, <laughs> to my oldest is 15 before we watch it, is Grease, which I know oh. is not a, a traditionally a children's movie. But I think about how, how early I was when I watched that and it, the songs are addictive. John Travolta's, you know, at all ages sort of, has appeal, I guess, when in the nineties, stunning, uh, yeah, and <laughs> and um, yeah, Greece is the one where I don't know uh, in that movie the the portrayal across the board is so mm. hard, so hard to even be able to begin to understand how you contextualize that till that they're in their teens. I I don't know. I mean, like I said, my oldest is five, so I, um, I don't know what what it, what it would be, but that one I did want to start with because that's when I was thinking through movies and things I like to watch, I know that I've actually come, Laura's named my oldest and I mm. thought, wouldn't it be awesome? Cause the songs, she loves singing songs and it's so much fun and the songs are great, but yeah, even just the lyrics of the songs are enough to <laughs> create issues. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back to it. There's, there's a lot around consent. There's a lot around giving yourself over. Like, oh, yeah. like you changing identity to meet what, what you think the man wants um, and and you know i guess the most the interesting thing for me is like you know maybe someone when we talk to some of the better movies and things you talk about the fact that you uh, what are traditionally sort of feminine traits are being ridiculed in men versus them actually being you know accepted and you know just portrayed in a positive light whereas greece is all about like he has this softer side that he totally has to hide from his buddies mm. and and at the end does he really show that? Does he really get acceptance? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, probably not too much more to explore because it's a there's not a lot in there. But I do want to say Greece because the way that was, I don't know how it was for you, but when I was a kid, it was just a fun romp through all these amazing songs, and yeah, that was it. Like that was pretty much the how it was, and um. Yeah, I mean, Stockhart Channing, that's probably still the highlight in there from, um, <laughs> I still watch West Wing and see Rizzo, so there's still that aspect of it for me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right. I, it's not something I've thought about again, but um, yeah. A lot of catchy songs, a lot of mm. don't much about the lyrics, I guess. But yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so my, my turn to serve. Mm. Look. I'm going to go with something a bit more obvious, uh, Little Mermaid. Mm. I don't know if that made your list as well. It did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine why. And mm. there's, a, there's a lot written about it. And look, I don't think we need to dwell on it too much, but any film in which the female lead literally has to give up her voice mm. to be with a man probably isn't sending a great message to the young girls in our lives. No. And, and one of the interesting things, and I looked at this before, before we spoke, I was, there's a good article I found about the decreasing role of uh, lines for, for female characters in Disney over time. And yeah. it sort of hit Little Mermaid. And there is, once she loses her voice, there's no one left <laughs> to speak. So it is just default straight over to the guys. It's, um, yeah, it, yeah, it is hard, and and it's a really hard one. I think when I watch it with five year old, because the songs are catchy there, mm. and 
it's a pretty fantastical world that she lives in and kids are very attracted to mermaids i, I think mm. as, as like just you know fantastical beasts and creatures and things and so there's a lot going on in that that's you can absolutely can capture the imagination but you're absolutely right like within within half an hour of that movie the entire plot is how can she get to where he is how can she um show that she loves him how can he accept her and then how can yeah. we get a happy ending and that that that's pretty much the pursuit through it yeah yeah i think i actually read the same thing about how there's a lot of disney princess films particularly from the 90s mm. where um the female lead or the female characters and that's usually just one princess yeah. um they have like a tiny fraction of the speaking lines compared to all the male characters in the film mm. it's mm. staggering and you think it's called little mermaid and she speaks for like 20 percent of the film yeah yeah it is and, and 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 i mean like all things when you get the data put in front of you and visualize like it is quite quite shocking because you yeah it, it's a real opener i agree mm. okay what's what's next on your list um, so this is what, and, and I don't expect you probably been exposed to it yet, and you may be able to avoid it altogether, but it, with okay. my, my youngest being in five and being in kinder now, there's, yeah. uh, I'll put them in together. There's like these Monster High movies and these Barbie movies. And so they're yeah. movie versions of popular cartoon TV shows. You could even include Shopkins in there, which is kind of a whole nother issue in itself about consumerism and things. But <laughs> I, I would, I would say Monster High and Barbie because, um, uh, there's just very little redeeming things you can find in that. Like I, I have yeah. let, let like my Laura, um, she's washed by me. She has Barbies and that's, you know, you can talk all about that kind of stuff, but these movies, I mean, um, <laughs> like there's Barbie has one, one personality given to her and, and this, the, and maybe there's some, you know, stereotypes with her friends and things like that and her sisters and things, but it is, there's no depth, there's nothing, there's mm -hmm. the looks are all important. And the show doesn't even, the movies don't even attempt to make, get any message across or anything at all. It's just a series of one-liner jokes written one after the other and then and then just opulence on show and whatever. And those, yeah, those movies, I, I do think a bit like Greece. I, mean, mm -hmm. I would say that, oh, not like Greece actually, because I think Greece has its place and you can absolutely, when they're older and they can laugh along and have a good time. But yeah. these, one, these ones, I, I, I got to be honest that we struggle with that because we have let her, because she um, had Netflix and the show's on Netflix. Yeah. And so she can see Barbie everywhere and watch Barbie and she loves it. And so we've already sort of fallen to that thing of she loves it. And so now you have the choice of, do you just, she's old enough for us to say, no, we don't want to watch that film and she will just accept it. Or do you want to sort of find a way to contextualize, but I don't actually think she's old enough for us to be able to do that. I, mm. I just think it's a, it's a zero sum game. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an interesting one that the, the marketing is so pervasive and it's, um, like it, it's just a machine and they know exactly what they're doing um, mm. and it's so difficult to fight against it. Um, and, I mean, the next one on my list, which is kind of kind of similar but maybe a bit more redeeming and we've spoken about before as well, Tinkerbell, which was yes. a, a 2008-ish film, um, obviously spin-off from the Peter Pan series or... Um, mm. Story. Um, I mean, interesting one because because I reckon we can 
there's anyway. Please, I'll let you finish. Don't be rude. Okay, redeeming in that. Yes, she's she's given a personality. She's given a purpose. You know, she's an inventor. She's creative. Um, but the the issue I have with Tinkerbell is just the plain sexualization of that character mm. and the, the fairies that exist in that world. And yes. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. And same, same with Barbie. But this yeah. was, I mean, it's a film for young girls. It's not a film for like middle-aged men to like drool over this fairy. It's, uh, it just baffles me. Oh, the ma- the male gaze on this one. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and and um, I'm I'm with you because uh, no, you go. Well, uh, sorry, you can tell I'm chopping the bit because because I I really agree because this one is a really interesting one for me because uh-huh. I don't have that many problems with the film. Yeah, if if that if that sexualization was was gone. Like, yeah, I, I, agree. As as you say, like she's a tinker. She's not not doing traditional what we would you know traditional gender roles are not not necessarily applied in this one. And and it's about adventure. And there's there's a series of mm. movies where like one with she has a sister. And yeah, but but I am with you that it, it is hard to look at that and sort of <laughs> and agree with it as being appropriate for for young children because. Uh. I'm with you. It is. It's very sexualized. Like the the um, dresses they wear are very short, and that there's no. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that is that. I know it's probably true to the Disney design, but I don't know. I don't know what justification you could offer for it. Yeah, it's, I I think it just fits with. That's what fairies have been drawn as by men, or become, you know, illustrated mm. by men, really, and. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm sure someone should Google the, the, um, genesis of fairies wearing mini dresses, but it's, it's just weird Uh, and it's, it made me uncomfortable. It it is, it is nuts. I mean, it's, it's so funny with all that, that, that kind of aspect of things because like like i'll play a lot of like computer games or role-playing games and things and like if you want to be a female character good luck getting armor that isn't skin tight <laughs> in most ga- games yeah and, and it's just and like everything else in the game might say that it's all a realistic betrayal or whatever uh, but it, it, it's for that though complete mm. male gaze male gaze it's quite it, it's yeah i mean there have been changes over time to that but yeah i think it's all caught up in that that, that what you see is what do, what do they think their target audience wants to see mm. and if they want to make that sort of film like sexy fairyland i mean there's male characters that you know why aren't they in their mm. shorts and like muscle tops and whatever else like it's just it's just the girls yeah um, <laughs> so anyway i encourage people to at least google um image search tinkerbell because yeah, I can't really describe it sufficiently. Yeah, and it is one of those ones that I would say that, like, the rest of it that I've, I think is like really, really yeah. interesting story and fine. And so, yeah, you're right. yeah. Yeah, the plot, the plot sound, it's interesting. You know, female protagonists, all, all big ticks. It's, mm. But it's just the visuals. It, you just can't go past it. Anyway, next mm. for you. So I... I haven't really thought this one through. And look, I, for me, a lot of this 
was an exercise in just thinking the movies that honestly I have put on, put yeah. on and we have watched and just sort of thinking during like, well, how much do I think about that? So Beauty and the Beast is one I had down on the worst list. Mm. And, and, and it's really interesting because I think there's a base level thing, which is, you know, you, there's a meme out there of it's got the picture of Beauty and the Beast, um, the cover art, and then instead of Beauty and the Beast, written as Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Because essentially, you know, <laughs> lock, locks her away in a castle until she loves him, kind of thing. Yeah. And so there's that base level line argument against the plot, sure. But I, I will say, you know, Belle is uh, the things that she's very clearly put up. I mean, in the new film, they, they put a line in there to say that she is an inventor. So mm. in the new one, they do try to add that, that she's not. Um, that, that she's performing this kind of this role and things in society that has like sort of you know more crossover with what we would say is not traditional G- Disney uh, gender roles for women but um, in the in the, uh, the cartoon one I just think that there's just a massive lack of women in it outside mm-hmm. of Belle like Mrs Potts maybe that's it and 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 it's fine for I guess the whole thing to honestly be a story about her finding her strength and like she does go out and fight with the fight the wolves and to, to save him she has a lot of empowerment i guess in lots of different ways but still just in the film found like as a film there's one female character really mrs potts is the only other one who's who's an old, older lady mm. and there's just stereotypes around that which you know good or bad if we don't talk about but um it's not the worst of worst but for me uh, i don't know i, I just it's not I don't know where it sits, but I do want to sort of raise it in this side of things because I'd sort of be leaning more towards, it's not, I'm not, I don't think it's what I'm going to put on and necessarily worry too much about some things, but there's just interesting things on that, that I, uh, yeah. When I watch that, I look at it and go, "Mm." Yeah. Really interesting one because I had this on my good list, Tom. Well, this is, this is why I thought, uh, yeah, it's interesting. This See, I haven't seen the cartoon since way back when. So this is based off the new version, um, which I think did a much better job. But Mm. all your points, and I think people agree about this as well, all your points for the negative side of it are really fair. Like she literally falls in love with her male captor. It's about like a woman taming, you know, the male beast Mm. And again, it's it's giving yourself over, and you know, Stockholm syndrome, obviously. So there's some real, like, you know, some dangerous things in there. But I think the new one did a much better job of painting um, the story as as an equal mm. partnership. I think, I think, um, you know, she was much more defiant like you know the whole thing yes. around not ma- marrying Gaston and you know being an independent woman and she wanted to read books and she wanted to teach others how to read um and that she was an inventor as well you, you mentioned so I think it had all these interesting interesting parts to it mm-hmm. um but I think they they had to do all that knowing that the source material was you know pretty questionable um for, <laughs> for its portrayal yeah, I mean, I will say that we've watched Beauty and Beast watch 
many time with our um, girls. And one of the good things is, I mean, Gaston is so egregiously uh, toxic <laughs> and masculine <laughs> that uh, I always enjoy, of course, I'm sure lots of parents do, like I, I always enjoy sort of supporting the bad guy through the film. So just, you know, gets yeah. them worked up and they're just <clears throat> laughing a bit, like sort of going, isn't Gaston the good guy? That kind of thing, you know? Mm. And um, he's so egregiously bad that they can easily sort of go to me and go, and go, no, 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 he just wants her to stay home and cook. He just wants her to have children. Like they, they can say this stuff because he literally says it. He, he goes, you need to throw that book away and you need to come live with me and we'll have six strapping lads mm-hmm. and you look after us all. So <laughs> it's it's good in that way and that it's it's a very visceral portrayal for very young children yeah. of that terrible behaviour. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it made sort of the bottom of my good list because I just haven't seen enough good well i'm probably the same like it's sitting in the bottom of my worst list because i have i've i've seen it but i haven't seen the new one that much but i don't that'd be the problem with it but it's yeah and i, and I guess like to your point like for me none of this is like a wokeathon of like wow you know what well, wow can we actually show these movies and should we sit there and analyze it to death and like, it's not about that for me it's it's just having that basic level of interest of if you're going to allow your children to sit and watch something engrossed in it just having the having taking the five minutes just to think through the scenes in your mind of what you're seeing and what they're seeing mm. and, and that's that's why i really enjoy having this conversation because for me that's what it was it wasn't hours of prep work in this it was mm. actually just sitting down for sit, probably 15 minutes and thinking about the movies we watched the most mm. and doing up this list yeah yeah um well i think one that we can throw a blanket over um and hopefully um um, relegate to the annals of history. I mean, the early Disney films that, and I'm just going to put mm. in the box the Snow Whites, the Sleeping Beauties, the Cinderellas. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a product of a different era. Yes. And that's the best thing I think I can say about them. But everything from, you know, chores being women's duty, mm. evil stepmothers you know, Sleeping Beauty literally being comatosed until a man comes to bring her to life. Um, Look, there's anything, any number of things that you can say about those films. And to be honest, I haven't watched them for a long time, so maybe there is something redeeming there. But, um, yeah, I think different time, different understanding and um, Mm. probably not something that we'll be spending too much time on. Well, the, I, I agree. I, I probably wouldn't spend a lot of time on the movies because I agree with you. They're, they're of its time. I mean, an interesting phenomenon in Disney now is that they're pushed towards this one of the Disney princesses. So, mm-hmm. and and I think in um, the new Wreck-It Ralph movie, you do have that scene where they're all in one room, and there's that, you know there's a good acknowledgement of uh, the terrible things that have happened to these these uh, women, <laughs> and yeah. just the and that's a good moment. But I guess like. Um, where I live, there's a there's a um, local sort of theatre group that has a Disney Princesses Day, where a lot of a lot of um, people dress up in Disney princesses, and the, and little girls can go and meet them and have a conversation. And they get a little signature in a book, and it's it's really fun in lots of ways. But it, it's interesting because they you still have those traditional princesses there, but my girls haven't really watched those movies because they're just I don't know they're actually not that grouping for kids these days. I think. Yeah, and so what you have is essentially just a pretty princess that has mm-hmm. a name. Mm. And and that's what they are now at Disney. Like they, and there's some of the most uh, generic, 
you know, uh, traditional, like this is how Disney would draw these women, um, like looking uh, princesses. And so I find that interesting that we, we do have this Disney princess sort of uh, troupe, uh, but it includes these other ones whose stories aren't necessarily as prominent. So what are you left with? You're just left with princesses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For, for better or worse. Um, yeah. Have you got another one on your bad list? Um, I guess uh, it probably is in a similar theme where like, I would say Peter Pan and Pocahontas. Yeah. And that's kind of of its time. And Peter Pan's one of my favorite stories. Like just uh, not the movie, just the actual story in itself when I was young. But um, Wendy uh, <laughs> is yeah absolutely expected to do everything mm. for all of the boys in, in there and in peter pan i mean guess the disney movie specifically has yeah, portrayals of, of native americans in uh yeah very questionable <laughs> ways and pocahontas i guess the same in that my wife was you know we're talking about this and like she said you know pocahontas at the time would have been about 14 years old yet in this film she's i don't know what age but a little bit older but in a mini skirt essentially yeah and that's apologies for the train that's about to go past. Um, <laughs> the, I, I haven't seen Pocahontas um, for a long time, but all I remember of it was, you know, is that image of her in that dress, you know, similar to Tinkerbell in some ways. And I, yeah, I think they made it a bit shorter and a bit lower cut than, uh, than uh, something a bit more authentic. Yes. Um, yeah. So, look, I've got, I've got a few. I don't know. Maybe I'll just group them together, mm. and and they're basically around the this sort of um, really zeroing in on a male's journey, and there's nothing like nefarious about it. There's nothing like oh, my God, don't let girls watch this thing. But, mm. again, it's just about an awareness. And it really pains me to say Toy Story and The Lion King, they're just about the boy. And mm. they're amazing movies and I love them each um, for for different reasons. But Toy Story, at least the original, the sequels are much better. Mm. The original... I mean, it's Woody and Buzz and the rest of the toys, guys, mm. and then there's Bo Peep, who's just this, like, kind of damsel in distress, um, you know, throwaway love interest. Mm. And, like, great film, but there's no, there's no women, there's no girls. Um, and same mm. for Lion King. It's... Um, I mean, there there are more female characters for sure, but you know, it's a mother, it's a love interest, um, yes, and it's just this, this, um, yeah, this absolute focus on the male journey, and you know, obviously being the king, and um, what what that says about you know male predominance and all the rest, but not not the worst by any stretch, but just say we were of, oh, and cars as well, which I haven't actually seen, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just a side, yeah, not not my uh, one of those ones that I was very happy to sort of uh, push to the side. <laughs> just uh, not not interesting to me. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lion King's a really interesting one. It, it is, you're right, because 
it, it's it's just the absence of female characters mm. and, and i think from memory you know um, they establish very clearly because it's a monarchy what they're saying and that they have mm. uh, traditional traditional gender roles in their monarchy where the, the lionesses hunt because it's also you know they're sticking to uh some realism around animals and how it actually works in the animal kingdom mm-hmm. the, 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 the lionesses are out hunting and then i think you know, you've got Nala, who's his best friend, but then as soon as that she reads, reaches adulthood, within five minutes, it's a love. She's love interest, mm. and I think that's about it in terms of uh, yeah, there are characters. And I'm with you. Like it's it's not you know it's, uh, it's nothing to avoid. I wouldn't avoid mm-hmm. it at all or anything at all. But it's it's just I guess that yeah that moment to just go like if I've got my two young girls sitting in front of me and they're gonna they're gonna I. I you know, what are probably really worth any conversation about what do they think of it? What mm. do they think of the characters and those kind of things? And just to see what comes out. Because I find that most interesting to see what they take away from the movies and what they're really interested in. Yeah, for sure. I um, I read this good tip um, when Millie was first born that it's just a fun exercise um, when you're reading books to kids to swap genders of all the characters mm. and just see how often you have to do it um and uh it's it's staggering um with books for young kids but with movies you, you don't have that luxury because they're obviously they're saying their name and obviously when they can read you, you lose that as well but with movies it's much clearer um and that that sort of um that opportunity to sort of um, uh, to reinvent the wheel a bit isn't isn't there anymore. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, and you're right. And, and you know, uh, this is a slightly tangential, but but it was uh, this this week I was looking back on some old footage of you know Bob Hawke and different mm. things just to just sort of mention that was you know we came across his speech where he was talking about that you know. The, that is criminal that in, you know, when he was prime minister that you still have a situation that a child born in poverty mm. has, has has less chance of any access to success and any access to the education and the fundamentals they need to be a success but he wasn't saying child he was using he was saying him mm. constantly saying him and yeah. he will him and and I would never have noticed that. Never, even like even not that long ago, because for me, you know, this has definitely been a journey. And and you sort of look at that and go, there's definitely going to be times when, in the future, you know, these are the kind of leaders that I would like to look up to and my girls to look up to in terms of social equity and things. But it's hard to hear that and then not be like, well, why are we randomly just talking about boys in this situation? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's why this discussion about films is so interesting because it's it is a reflection on society and it does um you know it reflects but it also educates you know the next generation coming through about what the societal norms are what the expectations are what the roles are um so it's really important yeah absolutely did did you have any other for your um, honourable mentions or dishonourable mentions for the not-so-good list? No, I think that's about me. All right, let's move on to, to happier times. Do you want to kick off? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have to give a massive shout-out to my wife here because um, <laughs> she, she 
uh, we're talking about this is great uh, and, and but uh, you know i had this i had a conversation with her about we're going to have it we're going to talk and do this mm. podcast and and man, she lit up and she had so many ideas and things so this is literally just a reflection of my wife's thoughts that are way deeper and better than mine, yeah, mine. That's, and, and, and yeah that's that's the main reason i'm having these conversations is to learn from from people like miranda and you obviously but um like oh, uh, yeah my my list is quite short and i was struggling with it so i'm i'm really keen to hear what what you guys came up with well so um number one and maybe just because it's a movie we loved and maybe not you know in terms of we're any of these things but inside out mm-hmm. in terms of a movie that uh, i mean one of the things i think my wife said is that when you go inside their brains and you've got all the emotions in there and you, you go inside the mother's head and what's who's the leader driving it sadness you go inside the father's head who's driving his brain anger anger is the lead emotion for him and so there's lots of things in this movie that just that absolutely just subtly you know, point to the things that we all know to be true. And, and, and I guess the whole story of it and the way it explains it, it's, yeah, it's a great movie for it. I think I really enjoyed it in lots of ways there and um, watching, you know, speaking, speaking to children about emotions is difficult. And like our Loris Prime School, they talk about the green road and red road. And, mm. you know, it's okay to dip into the red road, but you want to come back into the green road. Mm. And and so this movie, I think, really supports that kind of thing of seeing that there's a place for sadness, there's a place for anger, there's a place for happiness. And I, I like that it, it absolutely focuses on this young girl's, you know, really, really interesting time for moving city and starting a new school and how you deal with that. I thought it was great from that. Yeah, across the board. Yeah. Look, you've you've articulate far better than I could because it was on my list as well. Um, Miranda has. That's, uh, that's <laughs> me. <taking> it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a great journey for a, a female, a young girl as the lead protagonist, the the intricacies that you set out, are, you know, really um, so important to think about and to talk about. And I guess the only thing that I hope with Inside Out is like young boys are watching it as well because mm. it's easy to sort of put the feelings movie in the body or the mind of a, a, a female character. But I, I just, yeah, I do hope the boys watch it as well and uh, yes. because it, it's equally important across the board. But it's great that they did it with a girl for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the good things in there is that, that she's so ardent about hockey and mm. that sort of thing, which just reaches across so many into uh, things like that, that I really like it to make it, um, uh, not talking exactly from gender, but just a really accessible movie that I think there's a lot of fun aspects in it that all kids can get excited by. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so that was on my list. Um, the other one, well, the top of my list by far, which um, may be on yours as well, Moana. Um, yeah yeah look i love moana and (laughs) whether it's whether it's for this purpose or not look it's it's great songs it's it's so beautifully um animated engaging characters the the journey has a lot of depth and layers to it um but for the purpose of this conversation you know it's it's a princess um in in all the forms it should be she's um she's a leader of her community um she's an an equal partner with her father um 
she's she's on her own journey, um, irrespective of of how her family initially feels about it. Um, she is the protagonist. She is um, the adventure seeker. Um, mm. She's got this this spirit that's um, you know irrepressible, and you know it's just a really beautiful film. And and the relationship be- with with her mum, with her dad, and with her with her gran as well. There's just a lot of um, a lot of depth to those to mm. those female relationships, and um, yeah, look, I think it's just a, it's a good all rounder. It's hard to go wrong with Moana. Absolutely, and for me, I uh, I went to the movies and saw it tonight uh, with Laura, mm. and it was it was loved it, it totally enjoyed it, and it wasn't honestly to be walked out and drove away and things and thinking about it. You just had that moment, like, oh, there's no love story. Yeah, it's just not a, it's just not an aspect of it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And um, you know, I didn't expect it to be, and you don't, you, you just, you know, like all things, it's hard to notice the absence of something. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess uh, speaking as a male, <laughs> still, maybe it is a lot easier, a lot easier for some people to notice the absence of something. And I, I, me saying that is, you know, says a lot. But it is, yeah, for me, I, I loved everything about the movie, and then to have that, and to have it just be about her story, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. next um i don't know if you've seen this one it's um big hero six um no i haven't that, that's okay it's it's a um i think it's a, a disney pixar could be very wrong about that uh, <laughs> so i don't but anyway it's essentially a story yeah exactly exactly right um it's essentially a story about um a boy who's an inventor and he um, invents a lot of robots and different things and um his brother who he loves dies in a fire and he inherits uh, a robot that his brother had built and his primary purpose is to care and look after people and, and just deliver medical support and it, it gives people mental health support it gives them hugs and lots of different things and he sort of investigates his brother's death and he finds out that there's an evil villain that's at the heart of it and his brother's friends form around him who um two of which are really awesome female characters and but the most interesting thing about the film and this is very much again um leaning on my my wife's thoughts about this which i think she's spot on was that the emotions he goes through is that he he is distraught his brother's death and he's he's crying he's vulnerable constantly he's putting a lot of traits that you know you just wouldn't see portrayed in like traditional gender roles and you know he's not judged for that he's just embraced for it but most interesting thing is that he rewrites the code in this robot to try to make it violent and so to take it away from its caregiving exercise to make it capable of just beating up the villain and he's rejected for it. Like people just say, don't do it. It's the wrong thing. It's corrupting his mission. And it's just violence is the wrong way. Even though they're superheroes that they really try to talk him away from that. And he doesn't, he, he, in the end, he takes the code away and he finds a way to beat the bad guy by, you know, in a really cool, interesting way. But even at the finale of the film, uh, he saves he saves the villain's uh, daughter who'd been lost in the in a, the previous storyline but essentially been lost in space and so the caregiving is what saves the day that he actually <laughs> he, rather than embrace the angry side and use you know there's definitely like 10 15 years ago who knows this movie would have been about a, a kid who inherits a robot and he finds a way to take it from being this caregiving robot to this kick-ass kung fu robot that goes away and just does all these cool moves and he it's a ninja robot they become best friends and 
that would be the storyline. It's not for this film. It, it's it's a real journey he goes on through grief and to learn like how what his brother was trying to do and then how. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I would really recommend watching it because it's a really fun movie too. There's a lot of humor through it all. But mm. to see a young male character portrayed that way is is actually was really encouraging. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. Although I kind of want to see Ninja Robot as well now. <laughs> I know that's it. And you know, when I was saying Ninja, I just thought of Three Ninjas. And I, was like, <laughs> I tried to watch that again the other day. It does not hold up. Yeah, it, it, it's no. It just doesn't. That's good. It's another good fit. <laughs> yeah. um, so my next one, um, again, you might have this, um, Incredibles. I don't. And I didn't even think uh, of that. Oh, so most people probably know, but um, I think what's really interesting about that film is it's going down a fairly predictable path with the dad as, you know, former mm. superhero, still thinks he's he's the one that needs to go out and save the day, be the hero, even if he's not playing that in the family. Obviously all goes um, balls up and mm. it's it's the daughter that really has to, to step up and be the hero. Um, so so absolutely turns the table on this this notion of the, the male hero. Um, and, you know, I think it does a really interesting way, both as like a superhero genre, but, but just as a family dynamic as well. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting, isn't it, that the whole first half of that film is about how he's so unhappy in his job and he feels like he has to do this job for his family and there's this breadwinner thing, but I just, that pressure isn't there from his family at all. Mm. It's, it's yeah. not. Like, if anything, that I think the idea, it's very made very clear to him that they open to any sort of different <laughs> working working arrangement. It's just very much what he's yeah. You're absolutely right. It's what the pressure he's putting on himself and the expectations, and then it you know it, it tells a great story. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, what's left for you? Um, so, Princess and the Frog, which is yeah. um, which is a Disney film, which is. Really, really, I really like it. Um, it it's about a, a princess in a princess. No, she's not a princess. Uh, there you go. Uh, um, it's a girl in New Orleans, and she grows up very, um, very hardworking family, poor, but with the dream of owning a restaurant and being able to feed the whole community. And through the whole the whole journey, uh, I mean, yes, she does meet a prince, and he's slovenly, and he's uh, hedonistic, and he just wants to play music and have a good time. He has to have to work for his life, and absolutely, the story is across time they fall in love throughout the film and things. But she doesn't compromise herself through through it, and it is very much about holding true to the values that she has. And she's the strong character throughout there, and it explores her growth and her journey. And at the end. Um, Yes, she marries the prince and, and it's implied that there's wealth and opulence that, that's available to her, but she what she ends up doing is opening the restaurant and doing what she wants to do and mm. what she loves. And so it's it's a good film for that in that, like, I, I enjoyed the, the music throughout it. I enjoyed the story more of it too, but it is, it's really focuses on her and her journey. And it's just a bit like Moana, I'd say, in that sense. Mm. With a love story, which, which you know, there's always things that can be problematic, and it is worth exploring those. But for our purposes, I guess I thought that was one of the better films. Yeah, nice. 
I'll, I'll add that to my list. Um, so the the last couple on my list, so I mentioned Beauty and the Beast was conflicted about, and mm. the last one I'm I'm very conflicted about, and I'm looking forward to watching some more good films, including your recommendations. Um, the last one I had was Frozen, and yep. it's it's problematic in a lot of ways. You've got white, rich, thin, um, inappropriate, inappropriately dressed for winter conditions, princesses, um, uh, kind of doing what they do and they've got their privilege and all the rest. Um, but maybe I've just sort of been worn down through submission, but I, I do see the redeeming features in it and I think there are enough that, you can you can highlight those and you can talk through those with your kids mm. and that's in that it's in the end it's not a, a romantic love story it's a love story of the two sisters um which you know is is fairly evident and plain by the end um but i think that that does sort of challenge the the trope of the princess enough to make it um to make it maybe somewhere close to being deserving on this list. I think, I think you're absolutely right in that last point you made about challenging the trope of the princess, because I think you're right that if you, if you look at that as such a big issue and there's mm. one that has been challenged, I think uh, frozen is difficult because when, when my wife and I first watched it, just, just ourselves, you know, sometimes there's a moment where you, you feel like if it was just a different point in time, I wouldn't would have enjoyed that movie, but just for some reason that night, and I think we just didn't. And so mm-hmm. I've always been colored in that. I didn't, I've watched it a million times since. And, and so I do, do enjoy it. But one of the things I do in that movie struggle with a little bit is that Elsa, Elsa's the, the queen and yeah. she has power, but the movie's very big on uh, f- almost the rejection of romance and focus on their sisterhood. And it kind of feels like to me that there's just a little, little bit of a, there's not room for both. Like these can't, they can't, mm-hmm. she can't, she can't be a ruler. She can't be strong. And she can't have this power and have romance and, and have that weaved in. Like we have to, and, and I'm with you. It's kind of like you to, to, cha- to address that trope of a princess. It is redeeming enough, but there's that part of it. Like even it's just so maybe it's not for children because it's not really something you want to make up front, but the way they have this relationship with Kristoff at the end is that real, like, well, they're definitely together, but we're not going to make it clear they're together because this movie's not about that. their mm-hmm. romance. And I sort of feel like it's maybe asking too much and it's maybe getting too nitpicky, but we've seen plenty of other movies where male characters can have it all. Mm. <laughs> and, and Just not, a couple. Yeah, exactly right. And it's not going to define everything about them. But in this movie, it's very much about these two sisters and them coming together and they're ruling this. One, one of them is ruling or maybe together it's implied. They're ruling, ruling this empire. Um, but, yeah, just, just that moment where I just very much at the end was that it's a, it's a real rejection and it doesn't explore the romance thing from their perspective as them actually having a power and being able to make these decisions. But probably pretty nitpicky for a movie that does a pretty good thing to address, uh, yeah, a pretty tragic trope. Yeah, it's definitely not without its um, drawbacks. Um, so we'll put an asterisk next to that one and <laughs> Beauty and the Beast as well. Um, did you have any other on your list? I had 
Brave. Have you seen that? The oh, no, Scottish... see, I, have, I have that on my want to see list. Yes, I'm really conscious that I just totally spoiled Big Hero 6 earlier, by the way, with no spoiler warning. <laughs> In 20 seconds, just went like, yeah, he goes here, saves this, does that, and the movie's over. So, by the way, apologies for people who are fuming at that. We'll, I'll, put, I'll put a spoiler alert at the start, don't worry. Nice, yeah. Put a giant klaxon at the front, yeah. So, um, um, Brave, I mean, I guess... I just really enjoyed it because I don't want to spoil it because that's silly, but it is a really good story about about a Scottish uh, girl who's just, it's mostly about a relationship with her mother. Um, mm. That's the sort of driving of the story, but it is good. And I mean, it's hard to talk about Brave without focusing on the fact that uh, and my wife, again, she, she, she sort of talk, reminded me of this and so we talked through it, was that Disney did release dolls of Merida, the mm. protagonist, and they did tr- they did change how she looked to try to make her look more traditional of what Disney kinds of like, likes this princess to look like. And a lot mm. of the fans and a lot of the people said, please don't do that. And so I think they did walk that back. And so that's kind of, I mean, as a movie that brought, made that happen, that was, re- that's really great to see. And, and, and it is, look, it's a very, it's a movie that probably, you could want it to do a lot more in terms of the setting is, is entirely, you know, a, a, a monarchistic patriarchal society in there, <laughs> but it's it's interesting in, in the way they sort of have a very strong character that goes around and the focus relationship with their mother, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I feel like I don't want to spoil it for you. So I, <laughs> that's kind of being slightly <laughs> circumspect, but yeah, definitely watch. Okay, um, no, that's that's already on my list. So um, may may we'll have a follow up, right? <laughs> Um, mini pod review. Yep. Um, two others on my list that I haven't seen, but I'm curious if if you've come across um, Zootopia. Yes, good. Yeah, big fan. Mostly because it has a great Shakira song. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just addictive. Oh, yeah. Um, no, great. really. Yeah, really. I didn't have it on my list, but now that you say it, absolutely, I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. Okay. And Spirited Away was the other one that was suggested to me. Um, the Japanese um, anime-ish, I think. I could be wildly incorrect there. Yes. Um, if my sister listens to this, she'll, I, I've let myself down because she sent me the DVD to watch with my daughter, and we haven't. But I think I might have told her that we had at some point because it was a Christmas gift. <laughs> so this is a terrible mistake now. <laughs> um. Wow, that's an awkward way to finish. Um, did, yeah. <laughs> um, did you have any other thoughts to, to wrap up and to distract your sister? Not, not, not really. I, I would say that it's, it's probably not, not to labour on the point, I guess, but TV is a really interesting one outside of movies mm-hmm. because of um, Netflix and Stan have an amazing amount of children's uh, um, the TV shows, have an amazing amount of children's TV shows. It is quite unreal. And there are pitfalls every turn. Like it is, mm. and, and because the system, Netflix is so well done in that terms of like, did you like this? Now you'll like this. Or we really want to promote this. So what? here's a trailer playing for this. So Netflix is one of those ones that, it doesn't involve clicking on it. Your kids are going to get previews for things. And like Shopkins is my, my uh, 
least favorite thing in the world and mm. shopkins gets pressed hard um through mm-hmm. the i mean i know it's algorithms so you sort of have to watch similar things and everyone's going to have a different sort of uh, experience but yeah I, I, a closing point i would say that um movies movies you know you sit down and you choose to put on movie most times whereas tv is a really interesting one in that you obviously i think you have to be very i mean you should be having limits on your children's tv anyway but it, we all know how hard it can be and netflix is one of those ones that a bit like with youtube that um with adults you know um you never know where you're gonna end up and yeah i, I yeah. think as a closing point i would say that's definitely one that i'd more than happy to talk about in the future or whatever because TV aspects is even more concerning. So yeah, I think we might have to have you back as our roving um, media correspondent. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll just put a placeholder in it for, for the incredibly uninformed until someone better comes along, which could be any second now. <laughs> um, no, let's. Um, We've made this commitment now, so it'd be awkward to go back on. That's true. Um, That's true. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Um, that was a really thank great you. chat, and um, I feel better informed. So that's that's the main purpose, which is great. Yeah, well, I'm always better informed because in the lead up to this podcast, I spoke to my wife, who knows, as I say, knows a lot more about this. So, uh, again, 99% of what I said is <laughs> straight from her, and she will listen to this. So, I hope, um, Randall, that that <laughs> there's enough of a shout out for you. Thanks, Mandy. All right, Tom <laughs> and Mandy. Um, we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, see you, bye. <laughs>